Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Can You Hear Me? I'm Rob Johnson, president of Rob Johnson Communications. We thank you for being with us. And I'm Eileen Rochford. I'm the CEO of the marketing and strategy firm, The Harbinger Group. So here we are again. And as you guys know, we spend more than a little time talking about how CEOs can build their brand, as well as how much of a necessity it is to do so. So for professionals for whom this is a top priority, we all know there's no better community forum than LinkedIn. For like-minded professionals, there's no better gathering place than LinkedIn to stay on top of everything. Industry trends, talk about your ideas, elicit input, and create content that can really almost brandish, I guess, your credentials as a thought leader. I love that word. Here's a big reason why right now it matters even more to have a strong presence on LinkedIn. Are you ready, Rob? I'm about to share something big. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. LinkedIn activity has surged in just in the past few years. The company says it has seen a 42% year-over-year increase in content shared from 2021 to 2023 and a 27% increase in content viewed. And now there's three professionals joining every second. So imagine how massive your reach is now. On LinkedIn. And the other thing that we need to say too is, you know, a couple of um, episodes ago, we had Burt Walters on talking about creating a, a show for YouTube with an internal talent. And so this is something that that the Harbinger Group and Rob Johnson Communications works very, and it works tirelessly on. But what we learned is YouTube is excellent. And LinkedIn is like this whole, the, the level of analytics the level of feedback you're able to get, you're able to see who's watching, that sort of thing. It has really, really grown. And so we spend more time and effort and, you know, ad dollars making sure that we're paying attention to that. So it's a real thing. Yeah. And the targeting of audiences, particularly the professional audiences, who matter to you if you're a B2B organization, that's largely why LinkedIn is uh, it's essential that you be there, both as um, an individual brand, particularly if you're a CEO or a high-level executive, and as an organizational brand. So what we're talking about today is how to use LinkedIn, how to use it effectively based on the changes that have been made to its algorithm to share the subject matter expertise that you have in a way that will be consumed and then shared by colleagues and other business professionals who can amplify your message. That's the point here. Right. But first, as always, we're going to give you some background. So here's a little bit more reasoning uh, that's going to underscore the importance of why particularly C-suite leaders being active on social media is important. So I'm going to cite a report from an organization called Qnary, that's Q-N-A-R-Y, in their sixth edition of the report that they released earlier this year on the topic of social media usage, essentially. Um, and how leaders are perceived, whether they're active there or not active there. It's a really good report. We'll put the link in the show notes, but it stated that 80% of the about 2,200 respondents worldwide had a positive view of executives who were social, active, sorry, on social media. And 62% of the executives who were queried said using social media to establish their professional profile is important to them. That was a big jump increase of 11% from their prior report. And 49% said LinkedIn was their most popular social channel to consume content from other business leaders. So I think we can all see where we're going with this, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Imagine that you're cranking on 
your content and you're reaching the people you want to reach and you're, you're killing it. You've got thousands of engagements on the stuff you put out on LinkedIn. And then all of a sudden in May, you're like, wait, what happened? Everything's changed. Now I've only got hundreds or less. What went on? Well, everybody may or may not be aware of this, but there were two big changes to the LinkedIn algorithm not too long ago. This is just a few months ago. The first one is people in your network on LinkedIn are now more likely to see what you post. That's a good thing, right? We're all happy about that. Absolutely, it is. Yep. And I'll, in a second, I'll explain why. Uh, but the second thing that changed is that posts that are focused on sharing knowledge and or advice. So remember those two words, knowledge and advice. They are the big winners now. So the platform is now prioritizing your posts if you are sharing expertise, giving advice that's relevant to your profile. So those are the two ways that things have changed. And we're going to get into why that's meaningful throughout this show. I have a question about number two, and that is knowledge and advice are now the priorities, as you mentioned. What has fallen by the wayside? Is it, hey, I'm the head of the widget company and we're at the widget factory and look at me and all the widget makers, you know, doing this and that, because I know a lot of people do that, kind of shine the light on other people, which I don't think is the bad idea. Is that some of the areas where maybe it's falling off a little bit? If, if they're focusing on something, that means they're not focusing on other things they had prior. True. Um, I believe the like really self-promotional, uh, salesy things that are off topic for you say you are a very high level executive in an automotive industry and you're posting about things that maybe don't fit your, if they're not about leadership, if they're not about your industry, then they are not going to be given that oomph by the algorithm that maybe they used to just because you had a huge following. Fair enough. That might be the best way to explain it. Yeah. Again, I'm no expert on this, but I have been reading about it like mad and seeing the difference that's happening to executive profiles that we help manage and improve. And I will also mention that there are a number of shows from other super duper experts that feature even directly executives from LinkedIn that we'll link in our show notes here and a couple of blog posts that go into a lot of more technical explanation of how the algorithm changed as much as you can find because LinkedIn's pretty secretive. They'll talk about it, but they don't go into like really technical explanations. Right. So I do know that those are the two primary changes that have happened. And honestly, Rob, I think that is critically important for people who want to be thought leaders on LinkedIn to realize and understand and for the teams who perhaps manage their content to realize and understand and adapt. So that's what we're going to talk about. Because you're sitting there, as you said earlier, and you're all of a sudden your numbers are going down and you keep posting pretty much the same thing. And you're wondering what just happened. Nobody sent you a, nobody sent you an email. Nobody sent you an alert. Hey, things are changing. And so that's why we're here today to kind of help everybody along to hopefully hasten the learning curve that I'm sure a lot of people are going through. Yeah, exactly. So think about if now the two things really so great, they've just made it easier for number one change, which is the people in your network seeing what you post. And so that means that there's weeding out that's taking place. So things that were being rewarded that maybe flooded your feed when you logged in and, and saw, oh, lots of selfies and lots of, oh, we're at a team meeting. Just because you happen to know someone who went to that team meeting. Um, that may not be the content that you actually care about in a 
professional network, right? It's nice. It's like, oh, I remember working with so-and-so. It's so nice to see them. I'm glad they're doing well. That's great, but it's not your primary purpose for being on a LinkedIn platform. And frankly, that's not your primary purpose as a thought leader on LinkedIn either. So it's nice that that cleaning up and that weeding has been done and that LinkedIn paid attention to the feedback that they were getting either through surveys or unsolicited. Stop doing that. This is really distracting. I want it to be professional so that I can learn what I came here to learn or connect to the type of people who are important to me in my career development, those kinds of things, right? So now you've got LinkedIn helping us out by weeding that stuff out. And that's amazing. But now LinkedIn's also going to look at you, let's say Rob Johnson, and they're going to say, hmm, what does your professional experience look like in your profile? Is it connected to the things you're now posting about and wanting to share on LinkedIn? Do you have a valid position to be, say, an expert or have credibility on the knowledge and advice that you're sharing? And if the answer is yes, and very clearly so, instantly your content's going to get greater visibility. And that's the secret place, not secret, but that's the special place where you're going to be able to reach people outside your network. And I think a lot of us who are on LinkedIn do have that in probably our top three goals, not just any person outside of our network, but specific people. So when we're writing about our areas of expertise, like you and I are right now, Rob, we're talking about um, thought leadership and how to advance it uh, successfully on a social platform that's for business professionals, because we give guidance on this every day and topics related to what we're, we're talking about today. We're, we're giving guidance on it. And we're also living it as people that are trying to put forth some thought leadership of our own. So, so this, is, this is a great um, reminder for everybody about the changes. And it's also good for us to sort of remember that, uh, yeah, things are changing and we need to adapt to it as well. So a lot of resources we tapped into when researching this topic indicated that all roads professional, professionally lead to LinkedIn when it comes to executive presence and subject matter expertise. In fact, Gray Matter Marketing, which will also be in the show notes, Highly recommends LinkedIn because it has nearly a billion users who are professional members. You said, what, three people join a second? I mean, they're, the, that's incredible. It calls thought leadership one of the most effective and inexpensive ways to show expertise in solving problems. It also goes on to say that most CEOs aren't spending enough time in developing publish and publishing thought leadership content. So these are things that we really need to, to consider that it's such an obvious place to go to to really and use the word brandish early i'm going to use it too your your thought leadership but also our ceos doing enough and i'm sure the ceos that may be listening are saying oh my gosh i have to go find a few more hours in the day it's like no you need to just better align your team to be pushing out the things that are important to you so they give a they give, they give 10 things I'll, I'll just kind of zip through them quickly um how, how you position yourself as a thought leader. So you need to optimize your LinkedIn profile. That means keyword services you provide, obvious things that are right in your proverbial wheelhouse. Engaging and connecting with other thought leaders in your industry, creating cross-promotional content with other thought leaders. So they have something, you have something, and then you say, hey, we should kind of go in together and make that happen. Stand up for the things you're passionate about that align with your company's strategic 
intent. So whatever's on brand, as it were, make sure you're sticking to that. And then you want to curate a diversified feed using the 411 rule. That is, you share into three types, four pieces of curated content shared from external sources, one piece of original content produced by you, and one piece of promotional content that is aimed at growing your business. It's all a message. That's the 411 thing. Post updates about your company or reshare company posts. Add perspective and value to every post. So you see a post, you have something to add to it. It's on brand. It's something that where you spend your time and energy, you should be jumping in. And then consult with your internal teams to create that content. We were just talking about finding the extra time to do it. It's going to amplify your company's messages. So you are going to beef up everything they do. If you're a leader in a company and you weigh in on something in sort of a minor way, or you're going to create something unique, this is your chance to really help with that thought leadership. And then use hashtags to make it easier for other LinkedIn members to find and follow the content that you are creating. That makes a lot of sense. And then use the feature section. This is part of the creator mode uh, to highlight articles, podcasts, and other linkable content to validate your expertise. Now, you could always link, you know, can you hear me? You don't have to. <laughs> we appreciate it. No, that would only be relevant to us. Okay. Right. If it was, and if this was on LinkedIn right now, LinkedIn would be like, oh my God, that's a shameless plug and we're going to knock you down. So <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but it's relevant to our expertise. So maybe not. Yeah. No, it, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. That is some great advice. And I always love reading the Gray Matter Marketing blog. They do some super sharp writing and they're always right on with big things that we should be paying attention to. So thanks for the summary. I will link to that blog too in our show notes for sure. Um, I will just add one point because that was a long list. So think about this. You said that Gray Matter noted that CEOs aren't spending enough time and developing and publishing their thought leadership content. We all know why, because it's really hard. Even if you have a team backing you, you still have to be involved. It's not something that you can totally outsource. So it's, it's difficult, right? So I'm just going to say this. For the time that you scrape together when you're an executive to be able to write thought leadership stuff for LinkedIn that's totally on target, fits your credibility, fits your expertise, or boosts your credibility, fits your expertise, yada, yada. Why would you want to hurt yourself by the new algorithm not seeing in your profile that what you're writing about is actually appropriate for you? And that's why taking the time now to go in and double check your profile, that you've got all the things in there that you should, particularly your experience is up to date, your summary is super solid and is talking about the subjects that you want others on LinkedIn to see you talking about, if you now is the time to go in and spend a couple hours to fix all of that. Because when's the last time you went in and looked at your own LinkedIn profile and all the details? I always think about that and I'm like, I should do it. And then I do it. And then I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to keep that fresh. And oh my God, this is going to take me half a day. It's been so long since I last did it. And so you abandon it and you go do something else. <laughs> and, but sometimes, as you know, as a you know business owner, I know that I sit there and say, okay, I'm doing admin today or I'm doing business development today. I'm doing content creation today. I'm focused on you know all the, the client work that's right in front of you. So 
it's a matter of saying, hey, on that admin day, you know, you got to a couple hours, let's say. And maybe that's where you should be spending a little more time. Yeah. Just an, a little bit of advice. And I'm kind of reminding myself of that too. I'm saying it. So I'm like, hey, Rob, you should be doing that on your admin day. You should. Okay, good. We're both going to pledge to that. And then we'll share our experiences having done so as a, you know, part two to this episode. If you don't have time, listeners, then you can outsource this to a degree, meaning you can go and ask a member of your team. Here, go find, there's so many tools available very easily. Just Google it, optimize my LinkedIn profile, and you'll get some great checklists that'll help you walk it through it or the person on your team. And they can come to you and say, I think this one, you haven't posted anything in features in like two years. Let's update that. Or you're not really mentioning the fact that you're talking about artificial intelligence in our industry yet. We've developed, you know, multiple new products. You're getting the idea. So outsource it to a degree, meaning just the get another person's set of eyes to evaluate what needs to get updated in your profile because that really is going to be a problem with all of the new algorithm changes. Okay, there are a few other secondary things that I'll talk about now that the algorithm also um, has brought about that we should all know about. This is from... Hootsuite, that's the social media management software or platform that we all adore and we use. Again, we get no sponsors from anyone and that's okay. That's why you can believe what we're telling you. That's right. We use it. We just don't get... Yeah, yeah we use it like mad and pay for it, like straight up, you know, the going rate, as they say. So here's some additional tips. So first of all, make sure that everything in your profile, everything in your post is grammatically sound because LinkedIn will absolutely label it as spam if you don't. So go, run it through that AI grammar checker, run it through copy.ai. Yeah. Make sure it's right. So that, you know, that thing that you spent a ton of time on doesn't get downgraded and nobody sees it. So take the time to double, triple check it and use some AI to help you out in that regard. So because it, it'll never see the light of day. They just like label it low quality and it gets kind of kicked to the curb. Let's see what else. Here's some qualifications, uh, char characteristics. Yeah, let's go with that. Of a high quality post. They're easy to read. It encourages responses with a question. That's a personal style thing. But if you can make it work for you, it is good. Use maybe three or fewer hashtags. And of course, think about those keywords that you've worked into your profile because you know that you want to be associated with that as an area of expertise, use those keywords in the posts that you're writing. Don't be overt and repetitive, but weave them in there because they're looking for it. That's exactly what they're looking for. And what was really interesting that you just said was the, um, the hashtags, because sometimes you'll see somebody with 75 friggin' hashtags. You're like, oh my God. And what we're learning now, especially as it relates to LinkedIn, is you don't want to do 75 hashtags. You want to be doing very, being very specific and strategic about the ones you do use, and they should be aligning with what you are all about on LinkedIn. And on that note, this is hilarious. You, see, you know, we've been testing as, as everybody the usage of lots and lots of different artificial intelligence tools. Mm -hmm. And recently we've run through posts that we've written through, you know, two or three different um, post generators just to see how they vary and uh, what comes back. And I'm not kidding. 
holy emojis and holy hashtags. Like just look out. If you're going to use a tool like that, you're going to have to do a heck of a lot of cleanup because they go nutso on the hashtags. And it's actually hilarious. That's really funny. I don't think we all, you know, before we were researching this, we have more knowledge than you said, oh, I'm not an expert. I'm like, well, you've researched it enough, Eileen, where you're more expert than most people are. However, as we're going along this journey of creating this podcast, we're also learning a lot of things that we're finding out maybe sometimes for the first time that we want to share with you. And so there's been a lot of things where it's like, oh, I didn't know that. The hashtag thing, didn't know that. Thought you'd just post as many of those things as you could. And it's like, nope, don't do that. (laughs) It's not only annoying, now LinkedIn doesn't like it. (laughs) It doesn't like it. Yeah. So so if I, aside from the, if being annoying is not a good enough reason not to do it, just remember the people that are in charge of the algorithm are like, no go, no. They figured that out. That's good. Yeah. So as we end the, the near the end of the podcast, we want to give some good advice as we always try to do that will help you on this LinkedIn journey, this these changing rules, as it were. And we found some strong tips on Smart Carrot, the Smart Carrot website. That's carrot with a K. Yeah. And it's one word too. Smart Carrot smushed together. It's one word, Smart Carrot with a K. Don't forget the K. So, and, and I'm not going to go through like eight or 10 of them like I did earlier, but I'm going to go through a a few things that are really, some of them are like, yeah, we knew that, but it may reinforce what you already knew. So first of all, define your area of expertise. You're the expert. You always have to remember that you are the expert and you have your lane that you need to stay in. And I remember early on in my career, I learned, I want to do this. I want to try that. And then I learned communications is my lane. Anything related to it, as long as I'm in my lane, that's fine. That is your area of expertise. That's your unique value proposition. That is you being authentic and telling a story, even though there may be other people in your field, the angle that you're taking from it is unique to you. And so you need to make sure that that, uh, that, that area of expertise is defined when you're in LinkedIn. It says, and then um, this is generating stellar quality content to content, no pressure, no pressure. All you got to do is just generate top level top-notch quality content and people will love you. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want that? So that's a that's not a duh, but it's like a, yeah, create something great. No pressure. Go do it. Here's something that's really actionable and it relates to making video content available to your audience. 57% thought um, a thought leadership program assists and little known business to curate their awareness. And they say video marketing is a huge component of that tool. And it's something everybody needs to think about because we know, and I said it multiple times in public and private on this podcast that video is king. If you needed another example, here's another example. Make sure when you can, and you can't always, make sure video is available to your audience. And then crafting long form content is a little bit better because it really does show that thought, that, that thought um, um, leadership and the expertise that you have. Instead of, all right, here's a blog and here's three sentences. Use keywords, not too many of them. Try to do that. Keeping up with the latest industry trends. That's another thing that you need to keep in mind of as as well. So unless that industry knowledge is up to date, you're going to be outdated and you do not want to be outdated. And then you want to integrate facts and research into your writings. So that's kind of what we're doing here, right? Do as I do as I do and as I say, <laughs> because we're trying to beef up this and trying to give you some real um, good advice that will help 
um, that will um, help you. And a couple of other quick things here. Post at a time when your followers are online. And so that maybe, you know, are they going to be there during business hours? Are they they're gonna on LinkedIn? I would think they're gonna be there mostly during business hours, but who knows? Respond to comments or questions. So somebody makes, you know, somebody responds to you, you want to engage with them, which is going to help spark engagement. And then you need to post consistently that no matter what social channel you're on. Yeah. The more consistently you post, the better chance you're going to have. And then this last part is from Hootsuite again. So we went uh, Smart Carrot. Now this part's back to, to Hootsuite. 9 a.m. on Tuesday or Wednesday seems to be an optimal time. There's no one or right or wrong way to do it, but that's not bad advice there. So I just you know want to, as, uh, as we walk on out the door here shortly, I just want to make sure everybody has some advice like, okay, you've talked about this issue. What can we do to, to actually implement it as an action item? Yeah. And I will add, there is a really nifty chart um, that shows by industry, the days of the week and the times of day that are best for posting on LinkedIn. And it gets refreshed. It's a huge data analysis that gets kicked out. And I will post a link to that in our show notes too, because people should know that. Don't just take a generic general days of the week in time, but think about your industry because it matters for sure. It really does. And so uh, this is a brave new world, right? <laughs> LinkedIn, everybody knows LinkedIn is a place you need to be if you're a business person. And now that they've changed the algorithm, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, new rules on this thing that I know is important. And we're just trying to help you navigate through it. That's right. And that will do it for another episode of Can You Hear Me? I'm Eileen Rochford. And I'm Rob Johnson. We do thank you for listening. And remember, you can find Can You Hear Me wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more.